Hello, this is Tushta Krishna Das, and you're listening to ISKCON Denver podcast, where you can hear all of our classes and kirtans. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Welcome to the Sunday Love Feast broadcast. Today we have a special guest, His Grace Chaitanya Charan Prabhu. And before he comes on, we'll do a little bit of kirtan. And feel free to sing at home uh, or wherever and whenever you're watching this. Um, if you'd like to join us in our Zoom group, we will paste a uh, post, a link that you can come and join us and we can see you in person. Uh, I was singing the other day because I've become so accustomed to seeing people over Zoom that uh, I feel like I've been seeing a lot of people all year. But then I realized because I saw Malkan Shore yesterday in person after maybe six months or something, maybe March. But it, I felt like I'd, I'd seen him. But uh, so there's something very special about being here with each other and being able to see each other. So. It's almost like the real thing. We'll just say like that. So we'll start with some kirtan. Namo Vishnu Parare Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swami Nityananane Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nivishesha Shunyavari Paschatya Vishitarine Jayashi Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Dweta Gradha Shiva Sadigura Bhaktivinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Krishna
Krishna Krishna Hare
Krishna. So, welcome Chaitanya Charan Prabhu. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's very early. Where you Actually, are. my laptop was not working, so I got delayed. I have been using somebody else's ID. You'll probably oh. see a different name. Iris GEV. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, making this time in your day because it's, it's what, 5.45 in the morning? Yes, 5.30, yeah. So these, 5:30, are, these are precious hours of the morning, and thank you for spending them with us. We're, we're, we're greatly fortunate. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know Chaitanya Chan Prabhu, so I think most of us here do. Uh, he's he's become quite an asset to our community, uh, having having visited quite frequently in the last few years, and we're very grateful for that association because Chaitanya Chan Prabhu is an excellent um, has an excellent way of communicating uh, the timeless and potent principles of the scripture, of the ancient stories of Bhagavatam, of Bhagavad Gita, and communicating in a way that uh, it can become immediately applicable. And so uh, it's it's extremely nourishing every time we have your association, Prabhu, and we're very grateful that you're here with us today. Um, it looks as though you've frozen. Can you still hear us? Oh. We lost him, so I think he's he'll come back in. Um, but yeah, thank you for everyone for being here. Uh, we'll wait for Chaitanya Shrine Prabhu to log back in. Hopefully the technical difficulties won't keep him away from us too long. And uh, today is the first Sunday of our Kartik Mas. Kartik is the sacred month uh, where we can uh, add something or, or refine something that we're doing in our spiritual practice. And I often give the example, it's like the walkway at the airport, the moving walkway. You're walking the same speed, but then you have some momentum also pushing you forward. So it ends up, you end up walking almost twice as fast. So Kartik is like that. We can uh, refine what it is we're already doing. We can deepen what it is we want to do or what we're already doing. And uh, and Kartik is full of grace and mercy that can help us uh, increase that momentum. So, Chaitanya Shran Prabhu, thank we're you're back and uh, thank you again, Prabhu. We'll, I'll pass the floor off to you. Thank you for being here. So, Prabhu, I need to share a PowerPoint. So can you give me screen sharing? Yes, and, uh, Vrinda will Vrinda will equip you with that ability. Om Gyan Kumirandasya Gyanam Vinishalankam Chakshuram Vritam Yena Tasma Shri Gurave Namaha Nama Om Vishnapadaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Shrimate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Itiname Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pracharya Nirvishesha Shubhivadi Pasya Tideshatari Vancha Kalpataru Vesha Kripa Sindhu Pavicha Patitanam Pavanubhyo Vaishnavedhyo Namonamaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shrivasadi Gauravattavinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 
Hare Krishna. I'm grateful to be here with all of you today. And I will speak on the topic of be resourceful, not resentful. So I've shared my screen. Are you able to see something? I don't think that's there. Not yet? Not yet. Okay, sure. Let me see what could be the problem. Well, your screen is there, but the PowerPoint info isn't loaded yet. Yeah, I think it's just loading. Thank you. So I'll speak this broadly in three parts. Now, why resentfulness is an understandable emotion, but it is not really a desirable emotion. Then second, we'll talk about how resource, becoming resourceful is not as difficult as it seems. And then thirdly, we'll talk about three steps which we can take to becoming resourceful, to shifting our attitude from being resentful to resourceful. So let's begin. These are three broad things I'll discuss. Now I'll talk this based on the Ramayana. The Ramayana is an ancient Indian epic which uh, describes the story of Ram who was the divine descended into this world. And we will send, our focus will be on the incident around the abduction of Sita. Sita is Ram's consort. And there was a, a demoniac ruler, Ravan, who wanted to um, have Sita to fulfill his own lusty desires. So the three points which I said we'll discuss. So our focus will be on when Sita was abducted. At that time, she had many reasons to be resentful. Many things had gone wrong and yet she didn't become resentful. And even within her situation where she was defenseless and relatively helpless, she instead of being resentful became resourceful. So that's what we'll be discussing today. So let's start with the. Now, when do we feel resentful? Broadly speaking, we can say that when the desire, something desirable is stripped away from us and when something undesirable is imposed on us. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, an ancient, uh, <clears throat> again, a devotional classic, it says that Yasmat Priya Priya Yoga is a yoga that we get, we, the desirable is taken away from us and the undesirable is imposed on us. That's when we start resenting, lamenting, going through all negative emotions. Now, if you look at specific causes of resentment, we can put them in three categories. Say, when nature itself is antipathetic, is cruel to us, there might be storms, there might be <clears throat> weather extremities, or there might be a pandemic right now, and our whole life gets disrupted because of that. So it can be because people are sometimes malevolent. They, they want to hurt us. Some people just, see, it seems that their mission is to make our life miserable. That is when we can feel resentful. Now, perhaps the most damaging form of resentfulness is toward ourselves. 
when we get into trouble because of our own stupidity and then we start beating ourselves so to understand to visualize resentment we can imagine and say if we are we are here but there is someone above us and that person is constantly beating us whipping us pounding us so resentment is an emotion like that we are resenting the situation we are resenting the people but in the process actually we end up beating ourselves up we are hurting ourselves so we could say resentfulness it becomes the most when it if you move it clockwise in, in many situations all three come together but when nature itself goes wrong nature does something wrong we to some extent understand it's an we can't do anything about it there's a storm what to do just accept it but when it is people who do do something wrong or when we ourselves do something wrong then the resentment can become much more so now in the case of sita's abduction there are many things that went wrong so if you can start from here sita wanted to have a deer as a pet and that deer happened to be a shape shifting wizard who had taken up that garb just to lure sita's protectors away now she was she strongly desired that deer but her desire was not really a bad desire she thought we could have this attractive deer as a pet while we are in the forest and when we go back to the kingdom i'll give this to my mother in law to uh, to ram's mother as a gift as a memento from the forest and then later on when the deer was about to be killed he called out in the name of called out using the voice of ram and sita was concerned she told her brother in law lakshman go and help him and so in a sense we could say none of her desires were wrong so go and ram is in trouble go and help him i am okay right now don't worry about me and then ravan the vicious demon took on the form of a sage to come there and she thought oh there is a sage i need to serve him so she stepped out of her protected area and then she was abducted so we could say there were some mistakes from her but none of them were ill intentioned everything she did was out of a noble desire then lakshmana had taken offense and left when sita had goaded lakshman to leave you know lakshman might could have might have said no ram is safe i i want to keep you safe but lakshman decided to go uh, so she could have felt why did lakshman leave me and go i got angry and i spoke something but still he could have stayed over there then ravan was was not just uh, malevolent was malevolent he was duplicitous he was treacherous ravan was filled with lust but he took on a garb of a person who is expected to be free from lust he took on the garb of a sage and that deceptiveness threw sita off and then jatayu was a powerful bird who was also guarding her in the vicinity but he was too old and ravana lopped off her his wings and he abducted sita so sita could have so there were many things that went wrong when something disastrous happens it's not just one factor many factors come together and then <clears throat> things uh, some some disaster befalls so now here sita could have been resentful sita had reasons to resent she could have resented ravana how dare he <clears throat> violate the sanctity of the garb of a sage and come like this she could have resented ram and lakshman that ram she didn't have to come to the forest with 
Ram. She had gone beyond the call of duty to be with her spouse when he had been exiled. <clears throat> and yet <clears throat> she found herself in trouble. So she could have blamed them. She could even blame Kai Kai, his, her, her mother-in-law, could say stepmother-in-law, because of whom they had been exiled to the forest. She could have resented herself. But she chose not to resent. She chose to be resourceful instead of being resentful. Now, I'll talk about how she was resourceful in a few minutes. But you know, we all can think of times when something bad happens to us and resentment becomes a natural emotion for us. So now we need to choose. What is the problem with being resentful? It's like when things start becoming dark around us then resentfulness is like closing our eyes because everything is so dark. Well, then we will never see the way. We will never see any light at all. So when things become difficult at that time, if we become resentful, then we just close all doors for us. On the other hand, resourcefulness is what if the things are becoming dark, then we open our eyes wider. See more carefully. Okay, Is there some light somewhere so, in a sense, being resentful makes things worse. The things are bad enough, but resentfulness makes things worse. And sometimes, resenting reality can hurt actually hurt much more than reality itself. Suppose sometimes we fall sick. Now, maybe we are all planning to go on an outing somewhere. And all our friends go on an outing and then they share their photos on Facebook. And we look at them and we are lying in bed. And now, suppose we have a flu. Now, flu is not a very painful thing. It, but we might be on bed. But while being on bed, if we are resenting, why am I here and not there? Then that resentment will hurt us much more than actually being sick. So resentment hurts like that. Now, if you consider what happens when we are resenting, to put it another way is that we are constricted externally by some difficulty. But when we are constricted externally, we shrink internally because of resentment. But if we learn to be resourceful, that even when we are constricted externally, we can grow internally. So, how can we do that? Let's look at it. So, at now we could have many many reasons to resent. So this is you know if you forget everything from this class, but just remember this one sentence: you will have carried something substantial. No. Resentment is always justifiable, never justified. It is always justifiable. Oh, this person did like this, that person did like that. And yes, now at a rational level, at an emotional level, we can come up with justifications for it. But it is never justified in the sense that it doesn't lead us to justice. It doesn't help us to back in a act in a way that is just and uh, it only makes things worse. So resentment means when life closes doors, we bolt and lock those doors. Well, why do that? So there are many, many reasons to be resentful in life, but none of those help. None of resentment is never productive. It is always unproductive or even counterproductive. So now we discuss the first part that yes, it's understandable but undesirable. Now 
at the same time, if you want to consider being resourceful, that's what we'll discuss. Sometimes there's nothing I can do in this situation. So we may feel like that. And that's why that may also justify our resentfulness, but actually there is always something we can do. So being resourceful is not as difficult as we think. And then how to shift, that was the last part. So let's look at uh, how, why being resourceful is not as difficult. So let's look at Sita's resourcefulness. When Sita was abducted by Ravan, at that time, Ravan took her in his uh, aerial chariot. And as she was calling out for help, she was calling out to Ram, she was calling out to Lakshman. And then she saw Jatayu, who was uh, sitting on a nearby treetop. And Jatayu sprang up when he heard Sita's cries for help. Now, although Sita was distraught at being abducted and abducted in such a deceptive way by Ravan, still she she was also a warrior princess and she had presence of mind. But she immediately uh, recognized that Jatayu would not be a match for Ravan. So she specifically told Jatayu, don't try to stop Ravan, don't intercept Ravan, but just inform Ram what has happened to me and he will come to rescue me. Now, of course, Jatayu felt that he couldn't live with himself he just, if he just passively let Sita get abducted. So he fought heroically and he was, although he fought gallantly, he was no match to Ravan because Ravan was just too young and too speedy for him and his wings were lopped off. And although it was very painful, Jatayu remembered Sita's request and he maintained his life till Ram came searching for Sita and he informed that Sita has been abducted by Rahul. So what happened, that presence of mind ensured that Ram was not left entirely clueless about what had happened. Because when Ram came back to the their hermitage, their cottage, and he saw that Sita was not there. You know, had some predator come and devoured her? Or what had happened? He had no clue. So at least he had some clue. Then, <clears throat> when Sita was further going through the aerial chariot, she was calling out for help. Her throat was just getting <coughs> powerless because she had been calling out for so long. And Ravan was undaunted going through the sky. Then she saw there were some monkeys. They looked kind and they were looking up at her. Now they were, she was high up in the sky and the monkeys were down. She realized that they couldn't help her, but she thought, maybe I can leave some further clue. So she had some of her ornaments with her. She quickly took out, tore off a piece of her cloth and she tied some of the ornaments in that and she threw it down to the toward those monkeys. Now, Ravan noticed the monkeys below, but he could also see the celestial beings above. He knew nobody could stop him, so he didn't care. But by this, uh, when the jewels fell down, the monkeys collected them and later on, Ram came searching for them. So those monkeys were Sugriva and Hanuma and others. So they came and Ram got those. When Ram got those, then what happened? Uh, jewels, by that, uh, several things happened. Ram was reassured that Sita was still alive. Ram uh, got the confirmation that Sita had actually been abducted by Ravan and she had been gone southward. That's the direction which they had seen the demon flowing. And 
Ram also felt encouraged that Sita hadn't given up. She hadn't lost hope. She could have been, she could very well have done that, but she had that presence of mind, that resourcefulness, by which she could, she could do what she could. So that was her resourcefulness. Then later on, when Sita was in Ravan's captivity, there also she refused to stay in his palace. He offered her the post of his principal queen and all his royal opulence. Not only did she refuse that, she said, I was exiled with my husband, with my Lord Ram. As long as he's in a forest, I will not stay in a palace. And that's how she was kept in a garden, which was Ravan's favorite garden, Ashoka it was like a, more like a park. He was, she stayed over there. And there, Hanuman, who was the emissary messenger sent by Ram, came and met. And then Hanuman eventually took the message from uh, her. And when he was about to depart, he decided to give a warning to Ravan, but he was arrested in that process. And then his tail was burnt. Now, Hanuman was ready to tolerate that pain of the burning tail. But Sita didn't want that pain to happen, pain to befall Hanuman. So she prayed to the god of fire, Agni. Please don't hurt Hanuman. And then Hanuman was tolerating the burning pain of the fire and suddenly the burning pain disappeared. And he looked behind and he saw the fire is still there. The fire was there, but it was no longer burning. So just like we have, you know, we have sources of light that are hot and we have sources of light that are cold. So say a bulb is usually hot, a tube light is cold. So, so this was a fire which was not hot at all. So, but still it was burning. And then Hanuman realized that this could be my weapon by which I can devastate Lanka. And that's how he burnt Lanka. So, although Sita did not have the power to overpower Ravan, to escape from Ravan who clutches herself, but she still found things she could do in her situation. So she was resourceful. And each small incident of resourcefulness, it contributed eventually to making a big difference. So her situation was constricted, but still she was not constricted by that. In fact, if we look at this at a deeper level, we'll find that um, you know, resentfulness takes away our hope. And we all need hope. Hope not in the naive uh, childish or teenagerish sense, but hope in the, we broadly need the hope that tomorrow can be in some way better than today, especially when today is very difficult and that we can play some part in making tomorrow better. And without this hope, you know, we end up just existing. We are not living. We, are, we aren't alive. So to be alive means that we, we want to have a sense of agency that we can do some things, something positive. So hope is a driving force. We could say that if we, we don't have the hope to move towards something worthwhile, then we, we lose all our, we lose even the spirit to live. So now, how does, so if we now, we understood that we can be the Sita in her situation also resourceful. So whatever the difficulties we are having, within those also we can be resourceful. So, for example, now, <clears throat> when the COVID started, we all shifted to the online world. And now, so many talks on Zoom and other social media, that's a 
that's one example of how we all have become resourceful. We are working from home. That's resourcefulness. So now how does resourcefulness grow? So we could say there is, there are three things. As I said, hope alone can seem too naive, but hope, it gives energy. If it's dark around, there will be some light somewhere. So let me search. If I have hope, then that gives me some energy to act. And when we act using that energy, then sooner or later, we find something positive. So we could say that hope, energy, and activity, these three are how resourcefulness grows. Even in the most difficult of situations, we can start wherever we can. Sometimes we don't feel like doing anything, but we just start doing something positive. And as we start doing something positive, then gradually positive energy starts coming in, positive emotion starts coming in. We see that when Sita was abducted and she had been abducted for months, uh, she didn't lose hope. Even then, Hanuman had come and Hanuman had gone. So she was thinking, not, not feeling sorry for herself, but she was thinking, what can I do for Hanuman? I don't want him to be in pain. One of the easiest ways to be resourceful is to stop thinking of ourselves and start thinking of someone else. You know, depression is a big problem in today's world. And sometimes depression can be acute. It can be clinical. It may require some intervention with medication. But apart from those instances, many times one, one easy way to get out of depression is to somehow push ourselves to do something for someone else. Maybe just <clears throat> go and share some food with somebody who is underprivileged. Do something for someone who is, whatever, whatever, just speak a few words of appreciation to someone. And as soon as we start doing something, we start seeing that actually I have not lost all sense of agency. There are things which I can do. And that gives us hope, that gives us energy. So sometimes we may start with the emotion of hope. Sometimes we may start, sometimes even within when we are feeling down, sometimes we have a little high, little more energy, sometimes less energy. So we may start with the energy. Or sometimes we just push ourselves and do some activity. And gradually, so from wherever we start, we start from there. So gradually resourcefulness will go from there. Now it's interesting, as I said that, uh, sometimes you may feel I am constricted by the situation and everyone else is so free. Actually, no one is free in this world. Everybody is in their own kind of prison. Everybody is trapped in their own way. And here in this situation, Sita was, was imprisoned by Ravan. She was not literally in a prison, but still she was captured by him. However, Sita was never as badly shackled by Ravan as Ravan was by his own lust. So Sita was physically restrained, living away from her Lord, but Ravan was psychologically restrained. His lust meant that he actually, he actually could do nothing. So Sita, even in her situation of separation for Ram, she still had her devotion for Ram. She could remember him. And the remembrance of the Lord, remembrance of the sweet time she had with him, <coughs> that gave her some satisfaction. It gave him some solace. That gave her <coughs> some hope, even amid the difficult situation. 
but uh, in contrast what happened to ravan ravan could only lustfully remember sita and because of a curse ravan couldn't uh, forcibly have sita for herself he needed her consent and she was not ready to give that ravan had been cursed that if he he had earlier violated a celestial damsel and he had been cursed that if he if he forced himself on any other woman in future he would die so because of that curse he couldn't so this craving craving but he couldn't do anything and that lust tormented him and as actually she she was externally captured but he was internally captured and his prison was more painful uh in more 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 binding um <clears throat> in the overall sense so basically the same principle applies to us when we are in difficult situations so when we are resentful that we may feel all oh, the situation has put me in so much trouble and the situation has deprived me of all options and what can i do so yes that is true but it can never deprive us of all options you know, resentment may decrease sorry a difficult situation may decrease our options but when we become resentful that is when we strip ourselves of all options we strip ourselves of all goals and then what happens actually the easiest way to fail is to not set any goals and what do i mean by that see if you don't set any goals we avoid the pain of many small failures in our life okay i never sought anything and i didn't miss out on anything but then what happened our life ends up as a giant failure so by goals means i may say that oh i am in such a helpless situation what can i do so even no matter in whatever situation we are in we always have options one of the one of the more influential books of the last century was victor frankl's <clears throat> book on man's search for meaning and there he said how even when he was in a holocaust survivor and he writes how even among the holocaust prisoners uh, there are different people who acted differently so when they all would get some barely some soup with very little um, substance within it to eat so some of them would want to grab everything for them the best that they could get some would share some would give even their part to somebody else so there was variety over there so those who had some hope eventually will be released will do something valuable so that kept them moving forward so generally even when our situations are constricted there is always something we can do suppose we are sick and immobilized because of that we can still read something useful we can study the wisdom text like bhagavad gita and enrich ourselves we may not be able to share it right now but we can enrich ourselves maybe we can share it afterwards so what resentfulness does is it makes us believe that we have no options therefore we should not try at all and it is why is this the easiest way to fail because we are not striving at all sometimes we strive and we fail there is some amount of pain in that i strove and i didn't get anything but it's now it's when i say it's the easiest way it's not easy in the sense that uh it's easy in the sense that we don't have to encounter any specific failures in our life but it's not easy 
because our life itself ends up as a giant failure we ended up doing nothing worthwhile in life so resentfulness actually <clears throat> makes us optionless and goalless so when so resentment to put it another ways being resentful is easy for us but it is not easy on us it is easy to choose to be resentful but it is difficult to live with basically when we are resentful we are putting ourselves in a psychological prison the world around us is dark but when we are resentful the world inside us becomes darker and it is we who make it darker so now when people are resentful it's very unpleasant to be even be with them to uh, what to speak of for them to be with themselves all the time so if we just make ourselves miserable the bhagavad gita says that this is acting in the mode of ignorance डिफिकल्ट but actually we may avoid doing something difficult but we end up making our life itself not just difficult but even pointless so in contrast if we strive to be resourceful being resourceful is it may be difficult to choose but it makes life easier how does it make life easier because we become increasingly free from the prison of our mind's negativity Our mind is filled with so much negativity, and just goes on and on and on. <clears throat> I remember maybe something fifteen, seventeen years ago. One time I was very sick. I was almost sick for one year, and no doctor was able to diagnose what was wrong. I would get some fever attacks. I would start feeling very cold, and I would have pains in the body. But nobody could figure out what was wrong, so nobody could cure it. And I was feeling miserable. so i had just gone to a doctor one more time and i was on my way back and the doctor had not been able to diagnose anything and the doctor was also bewildered so i was feeling quite uh, quite down and at that time somebody called me on a phone and initially i was feeling so disheartened i didn't want to respond to the phone but then i just picked up the phone and then they asked some question so philosophical question <coughs> and i just started answering that Uh, to whatever capacity i had and i just started answering then they asked something further and i answered and so because i had not been because i had been sick i had not been giving any classes this was 15 years ago we didn't have much technology but here i started speaking and the question answer went for 15 7 15 minutes and at the end of it it struck me that actually at that time i was not thinking of my pain i was not thinking of my disease and the options were not closed for me so sometimes our mind's negativity just shrinks our options further and we all have this we may all may have this experience when we start doing something pushing ourselves to do it is not easy so i could have justified i'm sick i'm not going to answer pick up any phone call i uh, but i chose to do that i knew that person usually asks some difficult questions so it is resentment could be justified it could be justifiable but it's not justified because it makes our life difficult so in small ways we start doing something and at least that resentment 
it may not remove the outer darkness sorry being resourceful may not remove the outer darkness but it can at least decrease the inner darkness and that itself can make be can make a significant difference so this is and being resourceful is in many ways like it's like poison in the beginning but nectar in the end yatta dagre vishamiva pariname amritopamam tat sukham satvikam proktam atmabuddhi prasadajam this is being resourceful so you see the initial part is dark but after that there is more light so yes being resentful is or being becoming resourceful in a situation where we feel justified in being resentful it's tough but it's not as tough as it seems because when we are at this initial point we may think oh, it's going to be dark throughout however the darkness is only initial and the darkness will give way to light eventually so in that sense it being resourceful is not as difficult as it seems this brings us to the last part now how can we how can we go about being resourceful instead of being resentful so broadly i'll talk about three things look for something good and be grateful when bad things are happening to us just look for something good then do something good and be purposeful and then look at the lord and be faithful so we could put this three things also in terms of three phases of time because the present is bad and we may not feel there's anything to be grateful for in the present so we can look at the past and in our past many bad things have happened but look at something good that has happened and be grateful for that in the present be purposeful okay, what can i do right now and regarding the future we feel all oh, situations are terrible and they're going to only become worse no be faithful so let's look at each of these this is the concluding part of our talk now so now when we talk about being grateful so even if we can't be grateful for all situations we can be grateful in all situations that means in that particular situation or for that particular situation if i am sick and i suddenly became now some of us might get covid in this pandemic now it's difficult to feel grateful for being sick but even while being sick there are things we can be grateful for maybe our overall health is good maybe we have good medical care we have a supportive community around us we have health insurance we have some spiritual knowledge by which we can at least raise our consciousness so we for for the particular situation we may not be grateful but we don't have to reduce our consciousness to that situation alone we can look back and we have so many other resources that we have got from the past and we can be grateful that we have those resources so being res- one aspect of being resourceful is to just be aware that we have resources with us and we can be grateful that we have the resources with us so we can be grateful in all situations even if not for all situations if we are just alive that's proof that there is more right than wrong with us there are so if we consider whatever is our age it might be 30 35 50 60 there are so many people in the world millions in fact who die before they come to our age so is there could be many things wrong in our life but just the fact that we are alive means that there's more right than wrong and some taking that point further if we are still alive that that means god still has some purpose for us 
even though everything around us say may seem to be dark we may even think what is the point of living what is the point of striving but still there is something that god wants us to do there is something god god wants to do through us there is something which god wants us to learn there is some purpose still for our life so by looking at something good even if we can't find it in the present we can look it and the, as the legacy from the past to us and we can be grateful for that then secondly <coughs> we can be purposeful now what do i mean by purposeful at a very sometimes i may feel that i just can't do anything at all in this situation i am completely helpless is it are we really completely helpless we can turn that question around and ask ourselves can i make things worse say who wants to make things worse but can we make them worse so no matter how bad situations are we can always make them worse so we may have a one of our important relationships might be in a very bad uh, bad place you say whatever i do this person is just not understanding there's nothing i can do to improve it there's nothing i can do at all well is it really we can do nothing can we not make the relationship worse now just remove our verbal restraints for 15 minutes and even the best relationship which we may cultivated over 15 years can be destroyed within 15 minutes so we can always make things worse so to be purposeful you know just this is a simple thought exercise can i do some bad things in this situation and don't do it so that is a sense of agency so we can complain and curse about how bad things are but we can decide i will not do it think about something good we can do and do it it's a small step so for example you might be in a difficult situation but in that difficult situation if somebody is doing something good they can be good for us or just they're doing something good you can speak some words of appreciation even one word of appreciation go a long way in encouraging others in helping others and speaking something encouraging to someone else it has the effect of encouraging us also so we can when you're talking about being purposeful it doesn't have to be we have to think of a new purpose for our life and discover a new new direction is that can also happen but we don't have to wait for some miraculous light to illuminate illumine the path ahead for us we can just look at what can i do in this situation small simple steps we can start with and that will give us a sense of agency that will give us a sense of movement that will give us a sense of direction now another way of being purposeful is we can see our consciousness to be like a river and in every situation we are parts of the lord and we are meant to contribute we are meant to serve so just as a river always keeps moving toward the ocean similarly we can think how can my consciousness move toward the ocean so now one characteristic of the river is that it is fixed in purpose but it is flexible in path its purpose is i want to go toward the ocean but okay if i can't go this way i'll go below it i'll go above it i'll go around it or i might just create some other way and move so be flexible in path sometimes when we become resentful that's because you know, a particular door which is in our life which is very important has closed but all that we are doing is we are reducing our life to that door and why did this close why did this close 
no we are all on a journey of spiritual evolution and that journey can go along many different paths so if we can be fixed in purpose but flexible in path then what happens then we will see that doors can still be opened or doors may already have opened but we had noticed it because we are so obsessed with the doors that are closed and <clears throat> generally if we instead of asking this question we say why did this happen we can ask what can i do how can i contribute how can i serve how can i <clears throat> make a difference however small if we ask that question we will find that we can always make a difference so that is how we can be purposeful even so purposefulness is for the present to do keep doing something in the present situation then the last part is be faithful so we we don't know what the future holds but we do know who holds the future that is our lord he is the lord of the past present and future he holds the future also so in that sense faith means openness to possibility you may think oh things have gone so terribly wrong there is no hope over here i am praying but my prayers are not being answered so faith in this context means that i mean openness to possibility what it means is that don't reduce god's reciprocations to our expectations or to even our conceptions that okay i thought this is how this is how i want things to work out but they're not working out this way that means they will not work out god is far wiser than us his plans are far greater than ours so sometimes he can explain he can reciprocate in ways that are unexpected or even inconceivable if we consider shila <clears throat> prabhupad when he went to america from india you know, we we could say that he had so many reasons to be resentful he had he had from his young age he wanted to give his life to share his spiritual master's mission of compassion he had tried to start a business several businesses in fact to try to finance and support his his spiritual master's mission but none of those businesses worked some people sometimes circumstances went wrong sometimes the people whom he had trusted betrayed him sometimes the market wasn't right then he tried to help his uh, his god brothers his colleagues in their in their services but they had a very parochial vision and they didn't want his they didn't have share his expansionist vision he tried to run his own magazine but people were just not interested he was distributing the magazine on the hot streets of delhi in summer and once a cow hit him and knocked him down and he tried so many things nothing seemed to work out he took all his savings he gave up his career and job and he decided to start a center in a place called jhansi and the same people who had encouraged invited and supported him they turned against him and they wanted to change the center into the spiritual center into some for some other purposes and he had to leave from that place so he had reasons to be resentful but he chose not to be when nothing was working in india he decided let me go abroad so prabhupad kept trying as i said earlier he fixed in purpose and flexible in path okay starting a magazine doesn't work trying to sponsor get money for sponsoring doesn't work 
trying to assist my colleagues doesn't work and start a center doesn't work okay maybe it's not working in india let me go to america even when he came to america he couldn't he tried various things many things didn't work initially he was treated more like a curiosity object rather than a spiritual teacher then after that he was treated like a <clears throat> he was allowed to sing but he was not allowed to speak by the person who was hosting him then eventually he moved to a place where the hippies were all living and our swami swami prabhupad was the person who had lived a completely pure life he hadn't even in <clears throat> in the tradition even tea and coffee are considered sometimes intoxicants so he hadn't even taken that and he was there with people who were constantly taking drugs and other intoxicants and there one of the persons who was with whom he was staying seemed to be very spiritually promising but then in a drug induced mania he turned and attacked the prabhupad the prabhupad had to flee so everything so many things went wrong and he could have been resentful but he wasn't he he had faith that krishna you are the supreme mystic oh my lord you can make all things happen so if you want them to happen through me then make me an instrument of your compassion make me a puppet in your hands make me dance so he the way krishna reciprocated with the lord reciprocated was something which prabhupad couldn't even have conceived him prabhupad later on said that the success that he got was greater than even his imagination so in the, for the first 70 years of his life prabhupad had practically no success in not much success in his outreach last 10 years of his life he built 108 temples in wrote over 70 books circumnavigated the globe 14 times and inspired millions of people across the world to grow spiritually so there was enormous enormous reciprocation but it was in ways which which is beyond prabhupad's expectations and conceptions and if that is for a great saint then what to speak for us our expectations our conceptions are so narrow our so god has his plans and his plans include us he has not brought us this far to leave us now so if he has brought us this far he will carry us through this situation also so being faithful means that we we everything that happens may not be good but god can bring good through everything that happens so we keep doing our part trying our best to contribute <coughs> to serve and eventually we'll find that being resourceful in whatever situations we are in will help us grow and even if the external situations don't change change immediately just by trying to be resourceful we will find that our inner situation will change our inner world will become brighter and that itself will make our life less unhappy it will make us if we are connect if we are trying to serve krishna it will make us internally more happy and gradually that inner light will move out into the outer world and we will become agents that who can not only bring make our life better but we can also make the people around us and even the world at large So I'll summarize. I spoke today on the topic of <clears throat> be be resent, be resourceful, not resentful. And I start talk about three things. Why resentfulness is very easy. So we may be resentful because the undesirable has come upon us. The desirable is taken away from us. 
you can be resentful at nature at the world itself at specific people or toward ourselves now <clears throat> resentment is always justifiable but it is never justified why because it's because being resentful is like when things around us start becoming dark we close our eyes it only makes things worse we talk about sita's predicament where many things went wrong and she was misled and she was abandoned and she was abducted but rather than being resentful she chose to be resourceful so resentment um, only makes things worse we are constricted externally and then we constrict our shrink internally because of that so we may feel being resourceful is difficult but it's not as difficult as it seems sita we talked about three instances of her resourcefulness she warned jatayu she gave the jewels as a uh, clue to the monkeys she threw it down and she uh, prayed that hanuman's tail not hurt him they burning tail not hurt him and each of that resourcefulness had its result and eventually ram came and rescued and delivered her so we talked about how it is although sita was captured but it was ravan who was more captivated so sometimes we may think oh i am restricted i am in prison others are free actually everybody is restricted in various ways so we have to choose our prison so being resentful puts us in a far tighter prison it's a, like a more of a emotional psychological prison and trying to be resourceful at least frees us from that psychological prison or it decreases that prison so being resentful is like poison from beginning to end being resourceful is like poison initially but it gradually becomes like nectar we start getting a sense of agency and direction directedness so <clears throat> the easier being resentful is easy for us but it's not easy on us the easiest way to fail is to not set any goals then we don't encounter failure in our life but our life itself becomes a big failure giant failure then how can we be resourceful talk about three things for the past be grateful if we are just alive that means there are more things right than wrong and god still has some purpose for our lives even if we can't be grateful for all situations we can be grateful in all situations so for the past be grateful for the present be purposeful just do some small things at the very least think of something bad we can do and don't do it think of something good we can do a small thing and do it may speak a few words of appreciation and purposeful to be purposeful we can be fixed in purpose and flexible in path just like a river find some way to keep moving onwards so we i discussed the propads example how we found some way to keep trying to share spiritual wisdom and then lastly be faithful about the future that faith doesn't just mean certainty in conviction it also means openness to possibility that okay god's reciprocation doesn't have to be limited to my expectation or even my conception let me just be open let me just do my part and even if bad things happen to us everything that happens may not be good but god can bring good through everything that happens thank you very much hare krishna do we have time for questions or i have already gone over time yes we have time for questions prabhu if anyone has any questions we can check online is there anything on facebook rima Well, Vijay Krishna, who he has his hand raised. Okay. Vijay Krishna, who would you like to ask? Uh, uh, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. 
Chaitanya Charan Das Prabhu, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Humble obeisances, very nice to hear from you. Thank you. Prabhu, my question is related to you saying in your class that the mind is full of negativity. And also my, my question is related to the concept of Nidya, Nitya Bada, uh, uh, eternally conditioned. Um, ca can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear, okay. So. There's a lot yeah, so of noise. Uh, mm. uh, okay, no, 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 it's good now. Can you hear okay. me? Yes, yes, I can. Okay, so so so, uh, so what I need to to know from you is the following: when we are in material life, uh, with the help of the false ego, <coughs> which I also call uh, material self, and also with the help of material material intelligence, material mind and the material body, um, uh, uh, we, uh, uh, so my question is also related to these four material items, material self, material intelligence, material mind, and the material body. So my question is, is it that these four elements, four material elements, uh, uh, are capable of destroying my, uh, the self in such a way that I would be there uh, becoming eternally eternally conditioned? Because you said that that the the mind is full of negativity, and what okay, I need yeah, to I know is yeah, is, is 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 the following: Is it that these four material elements are in themselves uh, like that dead matter like uh, like complete uh, immersed, yes, immersed yes, in, compl in complete negativity yes yes i got the question thank you sir good question so is it that if our mind is filled with negativity can they uh, can our the material elements like the mind and the intelligence the ego can they completely obscure the soul Yes, that is my question. So, yeah, so I would answer this in broadly three parts. See, first is that there is undoubtedly the conditioning of the mind, which has a lot of power, which can affect us negatively in many ways. Uh, if you could imagine three concentric circles, I'm checking, I have a diagram of this. If I find it, I'll just display it. But broadly, you can imagine, say, there is uh, three concentric circles. The innermost circle is the soul. Then um, the second circle is the mind. By mind, it is a generic term I'm using to refer to the entire subtle body. So ego, intel the intelligence, whatever is there. All of them together, we could just use it, one reference point for that as the um, as the mind and beyond that there is the 
so there is the body and the external world so there are these three circles now the soul by nature is always pure the soul is a part of god and soul is therefore godly the mind is covered by different kinds of conditionings and depending on the kind of conditionings the mind is covered by there will be a certain amount of sometimes the soul's darkness may be covered so soul may be covered completely sometimes the soul may be covered partially but overall the principle is that the mind obscures the soul so we could say that there are three modes of material nature and based on these three modes if there is goodness there is passion there is ignorance then in uh, good uh, so the covering uh, on the soul is like a is like a conductor for the soul's consciousness is like electricity then the uh, then the <clears throat> then the conductor then the mind in goodness is like a conductor the mind in passion is like a semiconductor and the mind in ignorance in the mode of ignorance is like a is like a uh, like a insulator so very little of the soul's propensities come out so can i share the screen now i think i still have that facility isn't it okay so see here it is can you see this so basically we can talk about two levels of innateness that the soul there's the mind and there's the body but the soul is always good the soul is always godly because it's part of god now in the mind there can be both like good and bad impressions and the proportion of good and bad impressions can vary from person to person so if you say those people who are of a demoniac nature those who are very ungodly in their case the mind's impressions are very dark most of them are evil and there is still some good within them but the good is very little for those who are of a divine nature the mind's impressions are much brighter and uh, there are there is also some evil nobody very very few people are actually entirely pure and very very few if any people are entirely impure entirely evil so but you could say overall proportions but you will see in both cases the soul is always pure now depending on that person's free will and a person's uh, uh, choice capacity to choose they may they may find it they may not be able to overcome that conditioning in this lifetime they may not even want to overcome so for example ravan was not ready to for for any kind of peaceful resolution and that's why he had to be neutralized and he had to be overthrown he had to be destroyed and ram did that but that does not mean his soul was condemned it just meant that in that situation he couldn't be delivered so he had to be transported to a different situation where he might be more receptive to be reformed so the soul is never irredeemably lost the whatever negativity whatever darkness whatever evil is there within the soul it is not that it is going to cover the soul forever but depending on how strong the conditioning is and how determined the person is either to continue on the 
the path of darkness or to move towards the path of light that that can that will determine how long the overcoming the conditioning may take so if we see here the journey of purification say if a, a conditioned soul might have a large portion of darkness but as one becomes one starts practicing say a spiritual path like bhakti and we will see that the darkness the evil within one starts decreasing that is a person who is becoming purer and then a person who is very highly purified just because of being in the body some kind of dark desires might come up occasionally but they will not be there they will they will not act on those desires those desires will come and they will go and we could say this is a this is a soul who is trying to purify oneself and this soul is becoming is, is much more purified so we all can go on this journey from wherever we are but whether a particular person will go on that journey or not that depends on them does it answer your question yes chaitanya charandas prabhu wonderful answer thank you very much thank you happy to be of service hare krishna hare krishna prabhu there's one question from facebook Yes, please. The question is, what about mistakes that we make? How to be resourceful after mistakes, especially the mistake of listening to the mind? Okay, that's a important question. So, when we make mistakes, how can we be resourceful after that? See, first of all, the expectation that we should never make mistakes is itself a mistake. because firstly we are finite beings and uh, our knowledge is finite and uh, we are one of the innate limitations of being finite beings is that we have to act with inadequate knowledge we have to act with incomplete knowledge so of course not all mistakes are because of incomplete knowledge sometimes they are just because of our carelessness or because of the darker tendencies when we choose something wrong despite knowing it but i would say that the expectation that we should never commit a mistake is itself a mistake we will all err as it is said to err is to err is human but to persist in error that can make somebody demoniac so first of all we have we have to also be understanding toward ourselves uh, now instead of thinking about ourselves think of someone we love think of someone we care for someone will feel responsible for and if they made a mistake what would we do at that time depending on their particular disposition and their position and their disposition sometimes when somebody has committed a mistake they need to be they need to just strong word it is spoken pull yourself together you can do, you can do much better than this so sometimes some strong word So if somebody is becoming careless or irresponsible, that's why they are committing mistakes. And they need to be jolted out of that complacency. Sometimes if somebody has committed a mistake and they are demoralized, at that time, word of chastisement may be the worst thing to offer. We may need encouragement. We may need to offer them encouragement. Yeah, these things happen sometimes. But still, no, no mistake is final or fatal. You can still do things. You can still make up for things. So, just as we would appropriately deal with somebody 
words are made a mistake. Sometimes speaking uh, strong words, sometimes speaking words of encouragement. So the same attitude we can apply to ourselves. That when we have made a mistake, we try to objectively look at the situation, try to understand why we committed the mistake, and then move forward from there. So the overall idea is that we need to take responsibility for ourselves. So in some ways, having some time for introspection, wherein we start looking at ourselves as someone who we are guiding, that can be very helpful. In the in the Bhagavad Gita, the Bhakti text, often it is stated that we need to spiritual guide your guru. That is true. In the eleventh canto, in the Shrimad Bhagavad Gita, in the Udhogita, it is said that. Each one of us has to become our own guru. What does that mean? Uh, it doesn't mean that we reject all other teachers and think that I am my own teacher, but rather we as we learn from various teachers and then we try to assimilate that. And generally, when we are rushing through life, we do this, do that, do that. We we'll keep doing these things. But uh, <clears throat> if we have some time to introspect, then at the time. We can abstract ourselves from our situation, and we can, we can, as a teacher, look at ourselves as a student. Okay, Chaitanya Charan made a mess of things over there. Oh, maybe we could have tried this instead of trying that. So we assess ourselves, and then we, uh, we act accordingly. So I've done a. I often do a teach course on journal therapy, yoga of writing. How journaling can be used as a tool for guiding ourselves. So the idea is that Krishna says, "Udhare atmanatmanam, natmanam avasadayet." Elevate yourself with yourself. Don't degrade yourself. That means elevate yourself with yourself. What it means is that take responsibility for yourself. So by by treating ourselves as someone we care for, we can respond appropriately to our own mistakes also. Does it answer your question? Yeah, that's great. There were a few parts where the audio was choppy. Oh, really? I'm sorry about that. Was it overall clear? Mostly, I think. For me, it was. It was just in the last answer or through the full class? Just now. The the one part that I didn't catch was when you were talking about guru. Were you speaking about guru? Yeah. So I was saying that. The Uddhav Gita states that each of us needs to be our own guru. That doesn't mean we reject our gurus, but we learn from them, and then we can treat ourselves as a student and analyze what we have done. So we have the capacity to abstract ourselves. Okay, this is what I did, and I want to assess it. When I was talking about introspection or journaling at the time, when we assess ourselves, and then we can also guide ourselves accordingly. Is it, is there? Um, I appreciate this question that she asked, and as a as a person who's a, like a perfectionist, um, the perfectionist part of me is asking. But is there a certain number of mistakes that are that's like a red flag? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think that's a valid point. Are a certain number of mistakes a red flag? Yes, we have to be realistic. 
there could be some areas which may just not be meant for us so we are all good at certain things and we are we are not so good at certain things and sometimes we may be terrible at certain things also so if repeatedly some things we have tried to do have not worked out then maybe we need to keep ourselves away from those areas maybe engage ourselves somewhere else so when we are trying to do things while trying to do things we also learn about ourselves and like i said prabhupada was fixed in purpose but flexible in part so a certain number of times he tried in india now we can't say that what he tried was a mistake he tried in whatever situation it was in but even when it was not a mistake you know when it was done with best intentions he tried to do it as well as he could but okay he decided eventually enough is enough i won't persevere in india i will go elsewhere so yes sometimes it may be that certain areas of service certain areas of our life we may not shine in those areas so we may not we may decide not to focus on them we may focus our energy somewhere else now what if that's a area that is vital for us so what do we do at that time then we at least can try to decrease the stakes in that area that mm-hmm. means say we all have to if we say i don't have any social skills and i'm very poor at relating with people now we can't live without relationships but at the same time there are certain certain roles which require a lot of interaction with others certain roles we don't require that much interaction so within whatever we are doing we can try to find a situation that is more compatible with what our natural endowments are so sometimes uh, sometimes mistakes mean that uh, you just need to become more careful and more uh, determined to persevere in a particular path sometimes mistakes mean that we just need to take a different path so for understanding that there has to be certain amount of introspection a certain amount of consultation with others a certain amount of prayerful submission so generally these three things introspection is looking at ourselves consultation is asking others and prayerful submission is is asking krishna so if we do these three things we can get a better understanding should i just need do i need to just persevere and try to improve in this area or do i need to shift to some other area so we all have certain human weaknesses also so where we all some of us may have anger issues some of us may have some other issues like that so sometimes certain conditionings may be just such so strong that they overpower us and we may resolve not to do a particular thing but we may keep doing it so even then you may say this is this is not an acceptable thing yes it may not be acceptable but still if we are not able to give it up we are relapsing into it what can we do even if our actions are unacceptable we can't make ourselves unacceptable to ourselves who do we have apart from ourselves if it so then we may just have to put that particular area of reforming ourselves on the back burner and focus on other areas and if we are if we work diligently in other areas and try to purify and strengthen ourselves maybe after some time we will be able to deal with that particular situation so yes uh, 
we can't have we can't have infinite patience with ourselves or we can't expect others to have infinite patience with ourselves with respect to persisting in a particular area but sometimes we need to we need to push in some other direction so a few years ago i had met a student in india iits are like the top institutes like and say that like i will league in america right so some students dream about getting to iit getting into iits is top ivy league kind of colleges so if they don't get in one year try another year try another and we i met one student who had been trying to get into graduate school a particular graduate school for 10 years now in those 10 years he could have gone through some other graduate school and he would have had a career mm-hmm. and he could have built that career so yes and try once try twice we need to have a sense of perspective it's not working the course is 4 years i can't spend 10 years trying to apply for a four year course so shri prabhupad says intelligence means to see things in their proper perspective so if we see things broadly then we may decide that um, okay this is important but not so important for me so i'll try elsewhere does it answer the question yeah yeah thank you yes sir thank you very much so thank you very much for this opportunity to share uh- Uh, uh, Chaitanya Charan Prabhu, uh, if I may, uh, ju- just a little note related to my question. Um, uh, I, I, uh, this is uh, an emergency, uh, philosophical emergency. The material body is considered dead matter. What I need to know from you is the following. Is it that the subtle body composed of uh, mind intelligence and false ego is also considered dead matter i didn't get the last part now i'm asking you uh, the following the the, the 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 material body the gross body is considered dead matter uh, uh my question is is it that the subtle body composed of mind intelligence and false ego is also considered dead matter okay yeah, yeah it is partially it is see is the subtle body like dead matter yes we could say that uh, they are both mechanical the mind the subtle body and the gross body are both mechanical but they are at different levels of mechanics so we could say the gross body is like a physical machine usually a car or a plane won't move on its own although of course now we have automatic cars and autopilot planes can move on autopilot but generally it's like a gross machine whereas the mind you can compare it to a software a software can have default programming and by default programming a software may turn on and may do this particular operation may do another operation may do another operation and the software can appear as if it's alive so our mind is like the software the subtle body has the impressions within it which are like the programming of the mind and because of it it will do certain things so that's why it appears alive and that's why and in general the tendency uh, uh, within our tradition is also to personify the mind so we can chastise the mind we can pray with the mind we can pray to the mind there are saints and poets who have adopted various approaches to can try to instruct the mind 
can try to cajole the mind. There are various ways to deal with it. So personifying the mind is more of a strategy for dealing with it. It is not like a philosophical reality. Because the mind has such a strong programming in it, it is, uh, we, it just behaves in particular ways. And to get it to stop is not so easy. To get it to, to even notice it is not so easy. That this is just programming. So say if, you know, when we were, visit a particular website, by say if you're watching a YouTube video, automatically maybe 10 other videos related videos come in the sidebar. So now imagine if you had a, uh, if there were some software which could detect where our eyes are and say we are watching one video, but then our eyes just go to the next video. And if our eyes focus maybe for a few seconds on that video and automatically that video opens up. And then we are watching that video and our eyes glance to next another video and immediately that video opens up. So if we could have links which could open up like that, we would get captured, captivated for hours and hours upon hours. So science may not have developed a technology like that, but our mind already has the technology. And you know, whatever we give even a little attention to, it zooms out. So in that sense, the mind is like a highly programmed device. It's not alive, but treat, but it is not as dead as gross matter because it works according to programming and treating it as if alive is treating it like another person is a very useful way of learning to deal with it. Okay. Uh, yes, yes, Prabhu. And one last note, if I may, what about the, the subtle body carrying the soul to the next body? Uh, is it that uh, uh, the, uh, the, the carrying of the soul by the subtle body makes the subtle body eternally existent? Yes, the word Nitya Baddha or eternally conditioned that is used uh, more in a, in a sense of eternal as compared to our experience. In the, in the broad Vedic scriptures, uh, it is said there are four words. There is Martya, which is mortal, which is we earthly residents. Then there is Amar. Amar means immortal and those are the residents of heaven. Now they are not literally immortal, but as compared to our lifespan, their lifespans are so large that it appears immortal. Then there is the third is Chiranjeevi. Chiranjeevi is one who literally again it means one who lives forever. Uh, but it is one who lives as long as the universe lives, that is for the day of, for the lifetime of Brahma. And then there is Nitya. So only the Nitya is eternal. So, so I give this terminology just to illustrate that sometimes in particular context, terms may not have their literal meanings. So just as Amar literally means immortal, but it's not actually immortal. So similarly, when our conditioning is referred to as Nitya, it is Nitya Baddha, that word is used. It is eternal for as long as we are existing in this world. So yes, when the soul goes from one body to another body to another body, the conditioning goes, the mind goes with it. And in that sense, the mind exists far more than the body exists. And the mind exists as long as the soul is in the material world. When the soul leaves the material world and goes to the spiritual world, at that time there are universal coverings. So the subtle body, the elements of the subtle body merge with the universal covering. So the mind element merges with the mind, the intelligence element merges with, merges with the intelligence, 
the ego element merges with the ego covering of the universe and in the the soul free from any material association need gross or matter gross or subtle goes to the spiritual world where the soul's eternal form manifests with a body and a mind which are all spiritual chaitanya charandas prabhu now you gave me the full answer amazing thank you very much hari krishna thank you hari krishna hari krishna wonderful session hari bol your service hari krishna prabhu thank you very much nanda mata ji for the opportunity to serve Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna
Tagore Premanandi Hari Hari Bo Ananda Murari Das Prabhu You think better Vijay Krishna Das Prabhu You think better than Rita Franklin my my oh, my, my favorite goodness. singer Yes oh, <laughs> You are goodness. amazing you are amazing <laughs> Thank you Prabhu you're amazing thank you for always tuning in and being so ecstatic Um thank you very much Okay is 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 come Denver Kijai Jai Wonderful okay. service Okay devotees we will see you next Sunday thank you very much Hare Krishna 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 H